Jeremiah chapter 9. We'll get back into the book of Jeremiah. We'll be looking most of the time on Sunday afternoons in Jeremiah for a while. And uh, let's read... I'll go to the end of the chapter for our text this this afternoon. Verse 23, let's start there. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Uh, Let's stop there. We'll look at the last two verses in a moment. But let's let's look at Jeremiah chapter 9 this afternoon. Lord, I pray for your help as we look into this chapter and we continue to see, um, as we follow along with uh, the opportunity for restoration, and we see the refusal, um, Lord, of your people to obey and to listen to you. And God, I pray that we would not fall under that same category, but God, that we'd be obedient and heed your, your wisdom, heed your commands. Lord, today I pray as we look at the few verses within chapter 9 that we would grow from it, be challenged by it, be encouraged by it as well, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Four things here out of this chapter. We're not going to cover every verse, uh, but a couple things I want us to see. Starting in verse number 3, we see a refusal. In verse number 1 and verse number 2, we see a really an emotional message uh, from uh, Jeremiah, and we see some different things of uh, in verse number two about where they were running to. They would they came in and went into the defense cities, kind of a thing. Verse number three, though, we see a continued refusal of the people. Uh, in verse number three, it says, "And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me," saith the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. And they that they will deceit, they will deceive every one his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies, and weary themselves to commit iniquity. Thine habitation is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. And so we see this refusal here, and he brings it up in verse number uh, 3, and they know me not, and in verse number 6, they refuse to know me. And we see this again, it's, it, the way that they were treating themselves ended up being the way they were treating God, or maybe you can flip that around and say the way they were treating God, they were treating each other. It was constant lies, it was constant deceit, it was saying maybe what you wanted to hear but not doing it, and uh, they proceeded evil to evil. They just they, they did not do anything, it seems to be right. They just were constantly refusing to follow God and to listen to God. And God tells them in verse 4 that your neighbors are going to lie to you, your brothers are going to lie to you, um, they're going to be slandering you, all these sorts of things that are coming, but it comes back to the point in verse number 6 that they refuse to know me. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. They have this this, uh, conscious choice, and we're seeing this in today's time, and we've seen it all throughout history, but a conscious choice to have God available, but to refuse to know Him. To have the Bible available, but to refuse to read it. To have... 
uh, the uh, church available, but to refuse to go to it. This is not new in today's time. It has been going on for years, decades, and centuries of the refusal to follow God and do what He says. And, and because of that, destruction here, the title in my Bible says destruction threatened, um, and, and you might be able to use a stronger word than threatened, destruction promised. Of here's the deal. If you're not going to listen, if you're not going to obey, destruction is coming. In verse number seven, we go from a refusal to a refining. Verse number seven says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will melt them and try them, for how shall I do for the daughter of my people? And it is the, the breaking down, the melting down, the refining process that God says He will do to His people. And part of the refining really is followed or, or is included in a ruining in verse number 8 and verse number 9. Their tongue is an arrow uh, shot out. It speaketh deceit. And uh, one speaketh peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in heart he layeth his weight. Shall I not visit them for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Christ is not an ignorant parent. And by that I mean that you can't get away with it with God. You can't, you can't sneak, uh, sneak around and Him not know it. You can't lie to Him and Him not know it. God is not ignorant of, of us and how we behave and how we act and how we do. Um, I've talked with people for many years and asking, hey, you know, we missed you in church. Um, haven't seen you in a while. We'd sure love to have you come back. And then the excuses, if I can use that term, for why they haven't been, and mostly followed up with the promise of they will come back that never comes true. The, the reasons behind, at least that they tell you why they aren't coming, it's a little ridiculous. And oftentimes, not always, sometimes they've been hurt. Sometimes it's something that I did as the pastor. So there's all kinds of different reasons for it, but oftentimes it really comes down to, I just really don't want to go to church anymore. I like sleeping in. I like going fishing. I like whatever it is that I do on Sundays. I just kind of enjoy not having to get up. And, and, and may I add purely opinion and, and pretending like I'm a good person. I, it's, it's tiresome to do that. It's tiresome to walk into church and pretend you're something that you're not. And before long, you get to the point where you say, I'm just tired of pretending. So instead of doing right and not pretending that way, you just continue to do wrong and stop pretending to do right. And so they'll be at home and they'll just be tired and, and, and have plenty of, there's, there's plenty of excuses to not come to church. And they pick one and, and typically the result or the reasoning really is, I just don't want to be there. And in doing so, it is again the refusal to do what God desires for them to do, which leads oftentimes to a refining and ultimately a ruining. And sometimes those people will come back to God. Sometimes those people will come back uh, to God's way of thinking and understanding this is right. And yes, it is work. And yes, it is time out of my schedule. And yes, it is something that I have to make myself do. But I'm going to come back because it's the right thing to do. And sometimes people just just go into ruin, and, and that's the end of it, uh, as you know it. Verse 13 and verse 14 continue that thought. It says, And the Lord saith, Because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart, and after Balaam, 
which their fathers taught them. We see this downfall that began with the, uh, if I can use the word, omission of their duty to God. They have decided, in verse number 13 it says, they have forsaken my law. So it's a, it's a refusal again. It's a, as it starts with, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop obeying God in this area. And it leads to further downfall, which eventually led to Balaam worship, to idol worship, which generation had passed down to them uh, as well. And so that's where the ruining comes in. And we see that all throughout Jeremiah. It talks so much about the idolatry that was rampant within the people. They left God, they forsook God, and they clinged on to another lowercase g god and they they held on to that and decided for whatever reason listen i know i know people who get burnt out i know people who um who get hurt uh, by other christians i know people who have different reasons for going away from god but i've never understood how someone can say i watched this person build this idol and i'm going to worship it i've never understood that now, do we, if I can say, subconsciously worship idols? Sure, um, you know, or sports or money or whatever that we that we make an idol. But to 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 literally build a, a metal or gold or whatever um, statue, and then worship that statue has always blown my mind. Like you just built that. <laughs> I don't understand. You worship the sky, the moon, the sun, whatever. You didn't build that. Uh, but to actually, anyways, that's just my own personal uh, confusion. But it, it leads to a ruining, um, and they ruin themselves by their actions and what they do. Um, so it continues on. There's some, uh, verse 17 kind of talks about the fake mourning that they, they would cry, and they would have people basically hire people to come in and mourn for them. That was really nothing, nothing real. Then in verse 19, there will be real mourning because of the downfall that they're about to face. Um, and uh, death is talked about in verse 21, humiliation in verse 22. Uh, but look in verse where we read verse 23 through verse 26, really. It talks about a, a reminder. So we go from a refusal to a refining to a ruining to a reminder. I had to think really long and hard about an R number letter for the last point. And it was right there for me. But anyways, a reminder. And he says, as we read already, it says, let, the wise, or let not the wise glory in their wisdom, let not the mighty glory in their might, let not the rich glory in their riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord, so he reminds, you know, don't glory in yourself. You can't. There's nothing to glory about. There is nothing in this world that deserves glory except for God. And so he says, don't, don't glory in your wisdom or in your strength or in your riches. Glory in this, that you know me. That you know me. You know, we can do that too. We can refuse to glory in the things that we supposedly have obtained in this life. And we can glory in the fact that I know God, that He is my God, and that I serve Him. Then in verse 26, read here, it says, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the children of Ammon uh, and Moab and all that are in the uttermost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. 
Your enemies, they're not godly. I'm paraphrasing. Your enemies, they're not godly. They're not for God. They're not with God. They're uncircumcised. They don't follow the laws of God in that time. They, they have no association with God. You may have followed certain laws, but in your heart, you're uncircumcised. You haven't followed any of the laws either. You're, because your heart is just like your enemy's actions. Isn't that interesting? Your heart is doing the same thing that your enemies are doing. That those that are against me, God, they're doing it outwardly. They're doing it completely outwardly. I hate God. And we're seeing this in today's society too. They don't want anything to do with God. Don't put God in the... Don't just take it out of the pledge. Just take it out of whatever. Let's get the Bibles out of schools. And I'm telling you, a side note, there's, there's more access to public schools today than you realize when it comes to the Bible. It's not a lockdown, no Bibles in. There, there's, there's access there. Well, we've heard it for a long time, so we say it all the time. No Bibles in schools. Well, there are certain things that they keep out, but, and they're not teaching the Bible, but there are ways in. Anyways, that being said, society as a whole is saying, let's take God out of things. Well, many of God's people don't outwardly say, let's take God out of things, but in their heart, they've taken God out of it. And that's what was going on here. And he says, you're just as bad as them. <laughs> you're just as wicked as them. Um, and at the end of the day, the heart is what matters the most. For it is what is in your heart that ultimately will come out. And again, you can fool people all you want. You can fool me, you can fool everybody else in this room. And we can think you're a great person, and we can think you're a godly person, and we can think all these different things about you, but you can't fool God. Because at the end of the day, the heart is what's the most important thing. And in Jeremiah chapter 9, as we're looking through and we're seeing different things, and, and, uh, and we'll continue to look at the idolatry that goes on and, and takes place, but uh, he brings it back to this reminder of your heart is wrong. No matter what you do on the outside, your heart is wrong. And because it's wrong, you're still going to face that ruining, that destruction, that, that, uh, that defeat from those who are outwardly just against me. Remember the Bible talks about lukewarm Christians? He says, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. But it's that lukewarm, that middle of the road, that can't make, doesn't have any convictions, doesn't do anything, just kind of is there. And I want to spew them out. makes me sick. You know, God desires, and that's what you're going to be. If it's not from the heart, you might be doing good actions on the outside, but if it's not from the heart, you're going to end up being just lukewarm. And God says, I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. Get hot, stay hot, and do what I tell you to do. Otherwise, you're just like all that so-called wicked society that you're talking about. So it starts with the heart, it ends with the heart. And if your heart is right, your actions will be right. Your motives will be right. Your desires will be right. And so start there. Uh, we talked about it last week. Keep thyself pure. Guard your heart. Protect it with everything that you have. Lean on God to help and guard your heart. And that way we don't fall into this destruction. Because idolatry, although we would not worship a physical idol... We fall into idolatry still, and we have to be very cautious and aware and understanding that without God's help, it's going to slide. And we're going to end up being uh, uh, refusing to know God. And God says, ultimately, that's what you should be glorying in, is the fact that you know me. 
and, uh, and that I am your Lord. Lord, I pray for your help that we would be what well, we ought to be. Lord, I pray that you would guard our hearts, that you'd protect it. There's so much in this world that fights for room in our minds and our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to put on the whole armor of God. Lord, that we will defend with your help our heart. We will guard it, protect it. God, that we would not fall into wrong priorities, to wrong idols. But Lord, that we would simply understand that knowing you, Lord, that loving you, that serving you, that following you is what leads to the best life that we can have. So God, I pray that from our heart, we would truly desire to love you and to obey you. Lord, that we may truly do both of those things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I turn off this recording, and then we will talk.